Sunday morning, September the 24th of this year, was like so many others through the years in Antioch, Tennessee. As they had done for many, many years, the Burnett Chapel Church of Christ assembled for worship. They sang. They observed the Lord's Supper. They united their hearts in prayer. They listened to the Word of God and they gave of their material means. The service was over. The last amen was said and they were leaving the service. No doubt there were some there who had Sunday dinner in the oven or on the stove or in the crock pot. Others had plans, I'm sure, to go eat at one of the restaurants in the area there near Nashville. But a man by the name of Emmanuel Sampson abruptly changed those plans. There were some roasts that burned in the oven that day. There were some food in crock pots that was overcooked and restaurants missed out on some business. As one woman that morning exited the parking lot and the service was ending, she was shot and killed. Police say that Samson left his blue Nissan Xterra running in the parking lot. He then entered a rear door of the building and began indiscriminately shooting. A week ago today in Sutherland Springs, Texas, people gathered there at the First Baptist Church. Like those in Antioch, Tennessee, it was like they'd done so many times in the past. It was a wooden frame building with siding on it. Shortly after 11 o'clock, someone with a high-powered rifle started firing shots through the walls of that building. And then, Devin Patrick Kelly came inside the building. And when he came inside the building, he came in and he shouted and he said, Everyone is going to die. And he did his very best to make that statement come true. He killed women. He killed the elderly. He killed children. Even babies. When it was all over, 26 people were dead and 20 others were wounded. Both of these instances remind us of one thing. They remind us of man's inhumanity to man. And when we think of man's inhumanity to man, it causes us grief. It makes our hearts heavy to think of those kind of animals running loose in our world. And folks, grief. Grief is a word that all of us are familiar with. We're not only acquainted with the word, but we're acquainted with the experience of grief. It's a common word and it's a common experience with all of us. 
In our world that we live in, there's a great deal of physical pain. And there's a great deal of physical suffering. And we think of the pain that comes from broken bones or from severe cuts or bad burns or gunshot wounds. And all of those things are external, physical pains. But there's also pain and suffering of the heart and the mind. And it is this that we call grief or sorrow. Paul once wrote of his many persecutions with these words in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 28 He said, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, saved one. If you're counting, that's thirty-nine. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings, in cold and in nakedness, besides the things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. In that last category, where Paul mentions the care of all the churches, he's talking about such things as the divisions that existed in the churches. It included the apostasy of some of the disciples. Folks like Demas that he mentions in Second Timothy 4 and verse 10. When he's writing to Timothy to come to him in Rome, and he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Well, those things troubling Paul about the care of the churches, those things troubling Paul about brethren that had forsaken him, those are sorrow and grief that are within the mind and within the heart. But you see... External and internal suffering. Folks, those two things are closely related. And that's because our physical existence is a constant burden to our human spirit. The body is destined for decline. And the body is destined for ultimate decay. And all of us see that in the progression of our own lives. Because, you know, I realize I've got a few years to go to make it as long as some of you have. So anytime I say, well, you know, at my age, that's a little harder. And all I hear is, well, you wait till you get to be my age. Well, I'm going to tell you something. At my age, I already know there's certain things, times that my mind writes checks my body can't cash. It just happens. The body is destined for decline and ultimate decay. But disease, accidents, hunger, disappointment, frustration, guilt, disillusionment, 
All of those are just a few of the miseries that bring grief to our hearts. We grieve over lost causes. We grieve over lost opportunities. We grieve over broken friendships and broken homes. And we grieve over death. But here's something we have to understand. Grief is universal. Nothing is more true than the fact that grief is universal. Even if it's in unusual circumstances like those at Antioch, Tennessee, or Sutherland Springs, Texas, or just in our own lives, grief is something that all of us endure. The very first man and woman God ever put on this earth, Adam and Eve, they knew the pangs of grief. Can you imagine what it was like for Adam and Eve the day that they discovered the body of their, the lifeless body of their son Abel? And then can you think of how their grief was compounded? How their grief was multiplied with the realization that there's the lifeless body of Abel and that their son Cain was the one that had murdered him. And so in the months and the years that followed, Cain was estranged from the rest of the family. Cain was banished to another part of the earth. Can you imagine the grief? Can you imagine the heaviness of heart that Adam and Eve must have felt over that? Can you think of Adam and Eve as they might have remembered their own failures in disobeying God at an earlier time? Perhaps felt the anguish that comes from the realization that their children's sins were perhaps made possible because of their own sins. And we could choose a lot of characters from the Bible at random, but one that comes to mind is, is David. David represents an example of someone who knew the inner hurt of grief. In Psalm 39 and verse 17, David would write, My sorrow is continually before me. And then he writes in Psalms 51 and verses 1 through 3, Have mercy on me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of Thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression. And my sin is ever before me. Night and day, as long as he lived, periodically David's sin would flash before his eyes. And then as he comes to the latter part of his life, David has still another form of grief he has to deal with. You remember his son Absalom? <clears throat> Absalom was the apple of David's eye. And yet Absalom rebelled against David and led an insurrection against his father. David was actually forced to flee from Jerusalem and go to the wilderness to hide and seek safety. And David's army finally discovered Absalom. 
And against David's orders, they killed Absalom. A messenger came to the king and brought him word of his son's death. Hearing of the death of his son, David said, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God that I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. Even though that boy had rebelled, even though that boy had led an insurrection trying to take the throne away from his father, David's great love for Absalom would not allow him to rejoice in his death. Can you imagine how deep David's grief would have been over that situation? And then even another outstanding Old Testament character is Job. The opening chapter of the book of Job tells us all about this man. A man perfect and upright, a man that feared God and and hated evil. One of the wealthiest men of all the East, he had seven sons and three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He had a great household of servants. Job suffered the loss of all of his material possessions. Job suffered the loss of his seven sons and three daughters. Now add to the grief of all of this the physical discomfort of being covered in balls from the crown of his head to the sole of his foot. And all that happened in just a few short days. A man so greatly blessed of God has been brought to the depths of despair And then do you remember what happened when his three friends came to see him? For seven days and seven nights, they sat there and they didn't speak a word to Job. Job chapter 2 and verse 13 says the reason was that they saw that his grief was very great. For seven days and seven nights, they didn't say anything because they saw that Job's grief was great. And yet we've got to remember that in all of that, it tells us that Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. That Job said, The Lord give and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that Job kept his integrity. And he kept his faith. And Job ultimately was blessed again. Grief's going to come. And when grief comes in our lives, we've got to focus on God. Not our circumstances. But we focus on the the unchangeable nature of God. To me, there's a very meaningful passage in Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the sea. Mountains are considered to be the grandest of God's earthly works. Mountains are natural images of 
majesty and strength and stability and durability. They raise their peaks above the earth and they gather the treasures of snow and they gather rain. And with the snow and rain flowing down their sides, they feed the valleys with streams and lakes. Throughout the ages of time, mountains have been the natural fortresses the places where liberty found an impregnable asylum. But they're perishable. Continuously, day after day, year after year, water wears down their rocky sides. Earthquakes and landslides topple their craggy peaks down into the valleys. Sometimes volcanoes tear them from their very foundations and leave them as desolate and ruined. When we think about that, an overthrow of what outwardly would seem the strongest, most stable thing in our physical world, it leaves us with the indelible image of the possible failure of all things earthly. But the psalmist tells us that the one who built the mountains does not fail. That the one who built the mountains does not change. He says God is our refuge and God is our strength. And though the mountains crumble into the sea, we will not be afraid. We find our strength in times of grief and sorrow and sadness. We find our strength in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ that we find the strength to overcome grief. And it's in Jesus Christ we find the strength to overcome adversity. The Bible is very clear in its approach. It's very realistic in its approach to the problems of life and to the inevitability of death. And there's no reason to gloss those things over. And we're told, we're never told, never are we told we're going to be freed from suffering and anguish that is so common in our world. Nowhere does God deceive us about what lies ahead on this old earth. Disappointment, decay, and death are the common lot of every man and woman on the top side of God's green earth. But, thanks be to God in the language of Paul. In Jesus Christ, my friends, we find the strength to overcome grief and anything else that comes our way. Because God has given to us the hope of a better world. And God has given us higher goals for which to live. If our lives were centered in this world and in this world only, inevitably, life would be a tragedy. And Jesus teaches us 
not to center our lives on this world. Jesus teaches us to center our lives on that world to come, that wonderful spiritual world. And we look to the Word of God for this emphasis. Here's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 19 and 20. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Listen to it. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. And then to that very special church at Philippi, Paul wrote, it's in Philippians 3, it's verse 8 and verse 20. He says, Yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Now listen. For our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, Jesus Christ. And in this very beautiful passage from the pen of John, beautiful words of encouragement, Revelation 21 and verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. I found these words by Annie Johnson Flint. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, or peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, and undying love. Remember what Paul said in Romans 8 and verse 38. He said, I'm persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Sorrow, grief, and pain are going to come in our lives. Write it down. It's going to happen. But if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Master of our lives, we can conquer sorrow. We can conquer grief. We can conquer pain. We can conquer anything that comes our way. If He's not Lord and Master of your life, now is the time to change that as we stand and while we sing.